Welcome to Canada's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Canada's podcast. My name's Rivers Corbett. I am the Atlantic Canadian host and hanging out with rock star entrepreneurs in Atlantic Canada, which for you people across Canada, in case you don't know, includes New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, and the beautiful province they call the Rock, which is Newfoundland. And today I'm really excited about our guest, Chanel Belleville, who is from Dieppe, New Brunswick, which is on the other side of Moncton, New Brunswick. And she's got a very intriguing business journey uh, that really touches kind of cool with what I'm doing with my business with Chefatorial. And so when we connected, and, and Chanel, how did we connect in the first place? Was it, the, I think it was on Huddle or something that there was a story on you. Is that how it worked out? Was Maybe there? there was, <laughs> I don't know you if there just, was a story of me. <laughs> well, there, there should be if there wasn't. Yeah. So how, how did we connect again? I can't, I can't remember how we connected. I, I'm trying to think. I feel like it was, oh, no. Oh, actually, okay. How it worked out is because I was on this Facebook group for entrepreneurs in Atlantic Canada. I think that's what it was. Okay, and cool. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, someone talked about the Canada's podcast and it was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Yeah, well, I love your spirit because you said, I can do that. Absolutely. And of course, your story is absolutely amazing and uh, good for you. I and mean, that's a real lesson for entrepreneurs right from the very beginning. Somebody comes to you and says, I'd like to give you the opportunity to, to speak about your story, to be positioned on the number one podcast for entrepreneurs across Canada. And you'd be shocked at the amount of people that don't take that that offer. Yet really? complain about they're not getting the promotion. So good for you, my friend. You got moxie. <laughs> you you get you get great uh, great poise to say I'm going to take advantage of that. So uh, so thank you for that. So I'm going to read a little bit of your your bio. We're not going to cover it all. It's quite extensive. But but um, first of all, she describes Chanel describes. Her company, which is called Farm to Table NB, and I love it, was a beautiful project. I think that's so cool how you began that whole story. And it was built of your own work experience and your passion for gathering people around the table. And it really was about gathering not just people around the, pa- the passion of getting around the table, but it was about having a conversation mm-hmm. about the journey of the food that they're eating and more and more people, of course, have got that desire to learn all about that, uh, to have deeper conversations. People are reading, of course, labels much more than they ever have. But you're stepping it up. You're <laughs> actually bringing that expertise to your dining experience with yeah. Farm to Farm to Table NB. And uh, I'm just uh, really excited about going on this journey. So let's start with mm-hmm. the beginning. Uh, obviously you've had a passion, obviously, you know, your own work experience and so on. So take us through a bit of that and then say, what was the aha moment that you said, I want to, uh, I want to put this into a business. Can you take us through that journey? Yeah, for sure. So I would say probably the way that it all started. So like my passion for all things related to food has been like, really like long like I've always been since you know being in middle school with cooking and all of that stuff but mostly I remember and like I said in my bio through my work experience which really got me to where I am today doing what I do 
because I had the chance of like studying in holistic nutrition. So knowing the benefits of food on the body. And I had been teaching by that point, like on the side, um, cooking classes for like about a year when I started um, that course. So I really liked, um, you know, like gathering people around a table and cooking uh, using that. But something that I realized was really lacking is that you would hear people say, or even like just like small kids, if they were to go Mm. with their parents and they would say like, oh, well, this food I got from the grocery store, like, oh, it's not like not making that connection. Right. So with that interest of wanting to make the connection between where our food comes from and how it got to her plate, um, I went and worked on an organic farm for full season. Um, where was, was that at? It was at, um, it was at, my God. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? Hey, yeah. bro, that does happen. I was interviewing somebody once. I'll never forget it. I was interviewing some, just to give you some time to think about it. Yeah. I was interviewing somebody once and, um, and anyway, uh, my boss just barged into the meeting that I was in and I forgot the name of the person that I was interviewing and he was waiting for me to, to introduce them. So it happens. You have these, yeah. uh, these memory lapses. So uh, yeah. if you don't remember, it's okay. I remember We're- it now. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. at the Thumb Alba farm. So they're located just outside of Buktush in Samaritz okay. in New Brunswick. Cool. Um, It's an organic farm and yeah, I was there for the full season and just to see like not only all the hard work that goes into growing the food that we get to have and put on our plates, but just like the whole journey of the food I found, it was so interesting and it really got me passionate about like, I really want to have this component and share that with people and not Mm. only that, but like, Farmers are already super busy with everything that they do, right? It's really labor-intensive work. And oftentimes, maybe they don't always have that chance, especially if they're not in, like, farmer's market or stuff like that, to connect with their community. That was, how can I bring the community to them so that we can really showcase the work that they do, really highlight the food that they grow, and really make that connection all together while fostering my um you know growing passion for gathering people together so yes yeah so that's that is so cool so you so you had that idea and you were doing cooking classes on the side while you were taking your training so talk about talk about that do you remember the what the first menu was that you did for a group and talk about what they experienced and how you did your research because like that's, you know, it's kind of why I was brought up in the days of roots, the famous series of roots, you know, how do you put back to your human ancestry? How yeah. do you do that research on the food ancestry? Talk about that first event that you did. What was on the menu? Can you talk about that and, um, and how the conversation evolved? Because I'm interested in one was the first event and yeah. then how you prepared for that event so that you could give the story of the food. So, yeah, so if I was to go into, because true, well, now Farm to Table NB, there's two main offerings that we have. So we have our cooking classes, which I've been hosting for the past four and a half years now, and our Farm to Table dinners, which only really started last year. But for the cooking classes, it was really like, it's so interesting to see how it evolved, like um, changed throughout the years. Yeah, evolved, yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Because when I first started, it was very much more the focus on using food to like heal our body or in order to be able to support mm. our body in a way. And like my approach with like farm to table was still there, but not as like um, predominant as it as it, as it is now. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like how it started. But yeah, it was such it was <laughs> it was such a rush to be able to like you know plan the cooking class and at the at the start because I really started teaching cooking classes because I remember when I was in school, um, one of my teachers was teaching cooking classes on the side and i remember attending her classes and i was like wow this is so fun i want mm. to be here every single day and i was like i used to live in rural uh Capiti in new brunswick okay yep yep love it yeah so there wasn't anything like that being offered there and it, i mean it was still quite the drive like 30 to 45 minutes to get to Moncton. So i was like it would be so fun to be able to do something like that but in my region so yes. Kinda, yeah. So that's kind of where it started. And I think I remember my first class, I think I had like three or four people joining. I mean, it was a really small class, but it was so, it was such a nice experience and just seeing, you know, people gather together and just cooking and learning together as well. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're talking about the, the, the journey of the cooking classes, but Talk to me about when it ultimately switched to the farm to table model, because yeah. that's the one that, uh, you know, the, the whole thing of gathering around people yeah. around food and so on. It's such a, a, an amazing space to be in. Mm. I'm in that space myself. It's yeah. a vehicle to gather people and have conversation. Yeah. But talk to me about when you made the switch to farm to table. That's yeah. that's uh, that's the next level of your business journey. Yeah, exactly. So definitely it would have started like, after I had that work experience on the farm and that's where I realized that I really needed to make that shift in the way I was running my business because I really wanted to emphasize not so, not only supporting local farmers and agricultures and uh, makers after seeing how much labor goes into the food and everything that they grow, but also just being able to make um, that connection again so i guess yes. yeah so after um yeah so after that work experience that's where i was like okay well especially in cooking classes that's where i started creating seasonal menus okay so where i was really working with was what was available seasonally and creating menus around that so to really have that focus around what's available locally not only yep. to for it to be more sustainable, but for it to be able for people to have, um, you know, more affordable produce as well when you're buying in season. So that's that's one of the. And how do you find? How did you find those Chanel? Sorry to interrupt on that, but okay. how did you find the ingredients or the resources for the ingredients to make those men those make those recipes make those menus? Because I presume you didn't just make the menus and then go try to find the ingredients. You actually so you were able to source. Uh, ahead of time what was available and then made the ingredients is that how it went yeah exactly so that's where i worked with because throughout my time working on the farm i made a lot of other connections because i had yes. 
the Dieppe Farmers Market also while on my time. Ah, okay, year. cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I was able to make connection with other local farmers and other local businesses that were growing produce or either um, that had like meats or seafood or stuff like that. Right. That I was able to connect with them and see, okay, I have a class that's coming up on X date. What's the availability that you think you'll have at that time? So I can create my menu around that. Mm -hmm. that I know what we did. um, And especially having been able to see really the transition throughout the season, um, working on the farm and seeing what's really available. And I know it really varies from season to season, but sure, you know, with, with the weather and everything, but to have like a, um, a ballpark of what ingredients I could be able to create something with, um, during times of years. Yeah. And how does a, um, so when you've created those recipes, there's a couple more, there's a couple questions that are coming out of this so i'm around the table how do how do your customers your guests at your farm to tap table event how do they get access to the food that's in your in your menu what do you mean by getting access to the food so uh, do they actually participate are they just watching you do something oh or yeah no yeah they yeah. actually they actually participating in the cooking also Yes. So yeah. So my cooking classes have always been hands-on. So okay. it's it again the, um, the the framework of it changed throughout the years, but especially in the last two years where I changed my approach to going mostly all seasonal with my menus. Um, we usually went with like two or three hour classes, and it was all hands-on. So the aspect nice. I love the most about those cooking classes is that we get, and it always gives me like the warm fuzzy feelings when I think about it. But it's like we gather like a bunch of different people from all different backgrounds that maybe when they come into class they don't know each other. But yes. I the class because we all ah. together, we share ingredients, we share tasks, we get to have fun and laugh, we get to ask questions and get to know each other more. And after the end of a two or three hour class, like everyone's laughing together, everyone's <laughs> a friend. It's like the whole point of why I do what I do because it's so heartwarming to see people connect like that. Uh, so, yes. yeah, so it's, I love it for that reason. So, so you, so you would bring the ingredients to the cooking class. Exactly. They don't have to go. Okay. Got it. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and how do you, how do you market your, your classes? Cause I don't, that's, you know, it's, it's a, one of the biggest part of business yeah. is getting people to buy the freaking tickets. Yeah. People, <laughs> let alone, attend after they buy the tickets so how do you market your your business how do you market your dinners uh for people and and before i do that where do you typically execute where do you typically run your dinners in the Moncton area yeah so my my well my cooking classes i've been doing in both Moncton and capillary for the past four years and the dinners, what's really interesting with them is because i'm traveling to different locations so because i started only uh, last year, having my first dinner in September of 2020, um, my first dinner was actually in Kakang in New Brunswick. So it yeah. was Apple Orchard and we did that. Like, it was really nice. We had tables set up like by the ocean. It was really cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. So, so you're, you're not going to the local Rotary Club. You really try to create a farm atmosphere exactly. around the, 
Mm-hmm. Yes, because that's what's really interesting. Because like once I started daydreaming about this whole farm table thing, like, <laughs> so it was it, a beautiful project, right? This exactly. is the daydream. <laughs> yeah, because it was simmering in the back of my mind. I even had like a vision board with it, and I had like photos nice. of what I'm picturing and like and everything. But I I always felt terrified by the idea of not knowing how I was going to execute it. So I guess that took a little bit of more time. Sure. For a while, I was like, no, like, I know for sure this is what I want to do. I'm so passionate about this. And I was like, even though if I'm just going to figure it out, like, on the go, even if I don't have everything figured out right away, um, I'm not going to stop that from letting me and trying it out. So obviously, and quite the journey because I'm still learning, obviously, every single day as I'm... I've been an entrepreneur for 25 years, Chanel. That's it. I'm still learning too. <laughs> That's life, my friend, as an entrepreneur. That is true. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, so it's been really interesting, but there's cool. like, I never, I honestly can't say that I've ever felt the feel, like, I've never... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I was never able to like really experience that feeling with anything else. Like when when I hosted my first farm to table dinner in Kakang last year, that yeah. feeling of like seeing people gathered together and like really because the whole the whole point and the whole I guess uh, process with those events is that people come in. It's usually a three hour event. They get to, you know, eat a little bit of food, have a drink when they come in, and then they have a farm tour. So the farm. Ah, okay. The Got it. Because I want to bring the dinners to the farm itself. So that yeah, okay. they're able to really see. Totally makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the whole farm to table. Concept. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's part of the, the knowledge, right? Of going in that direction. Exactly. Yeah. So that the farm owners are really able to talk about the history of the farm why they do what they do and really connect with those people on a deeper level. And then people, because obviously when we bring those dinners to the farm, we're using as much as we can, the ingredients and the produce from that farm to create our dinner so that the people can make that connection between, okay, we went and we saw, you know, the apple orchard. Okay. Well, those apples, they were, you know, harvested just right there. And then we had like an apple crisp, an apple pie for dessert, you know, so to make really that connection. And then after, yeah, people just gathering together. Um, Obviously it's been different with COVID. um, Yeah, what have you done to deal with COVID? What's, what's, (laughs) how have you been able to to, uh, be flexible in that regard? You talk about learning, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your journey for COVID. Yeah, no, that's been interesting because the whole vision that I had is was that I was picturing like one long table with everyone sharing food together, sitting down and no division. But of course, with COVID, <laughs> COVID, it's all about, you know, social distancing and all that. So when we hosted our first dinner, um, it was right before the mask started being mandated. So that was that was a little bit better, but we still had to do the social distancing. So we had um, bubble tables for like certain groups so that people could still. Man, so smart. Yeah, so that was quite interesting, but especially now, like just even with um, the the COVID passport that's coming into uh, play in New Brunswick here, 
and you know i have two dinners coming up next month like that's another thing that we need to adapt with so we're are you, are, so we're, are you um so I'm, i want to get back to the, the the marketing here for a sec because it, it, it is a it is a challenge in any in any business so how do you you've got two dinners coming up next month you've yeah. designed them yeah um get what's just what's what's on the menu for one of them as an example so for um let's see so on our next dinner that's coming up um or actually really interesting this one the dinner we're doing in the greenhouse that's near uh, hillsboro in new brunswick um mm -hmm. and we're using mostly all ingredients from the farm so we have a good chicken <laughs> so brilliant now i'm loving this all i'm loving it you were so singing my song uh, I love this. yeah yeah, love this, it. I'm, I'm, yeah this is wonderful yeah. so okay, sorry keep going so you're using yeah. ingredients from the farm as part yeah. of them it's yeah. is it a dinner is it a dinner yes yeah. exactly yeah so it's a dinner okay. it's going to take place in the greenhouse with the same kind of concept of having people come in take a bite have the farm tour with the farm owners then go back sit down and have the meal um so this is where we're gonna have like we have grilled uh grilled chicken on the barbecue with some chimichurri sauce we have mm. um some roasted root vegetables we're gonna have like a beer cheddar and apple soup um and some other um some other things like that so it's That's cool yeah it's really interesting and really really fun and um so yeah. talk about the uh, talk about marketing that how did how did you market that dinner in hillsborough uh yeah. to uh to the people who are now going to attend yeah so i'm still i'm still learning a lot when of course <laughs> when it comes to marketing but i did find that um because usually wow. what i do whenever um i have those um events coming up um i have like social media pages i have an instagram and facebook and facebook what's really nice is that you can create those like facebook events that seems to be shared a little bit easier um yes. so i have a lot of traction over on facebook for those types of events um i'll advertise on there um instagram as well um i do i try to do quite a lot of uh posts to kind of give like behind the scenes of to people of kind of what it looks like to attend our events. Um, yes. Email list as well. But like, as for the rest, we're still working on the website. Whereas <laughs> we still have some, you know, other things that we try to, you know. Yeah. So, so, but you're, but you're getting people who are buying tickets to go to your, yeah. your private. Yeah. And that's fantastic. So, yeah. you know, with, with any business, part of the challenge is getting validation that there's value, not yeah. just that people say that's good, but they're willing to give you money for it. Yeah. And so <laughs> congratulations on that. Thank so, you. <laughs> can you talk a bit about, you know, what are what are some what are some lessons that you've learned? Give us two lessons that you've learned along the way in building farm to table as an entrepreneur. Not necessarily talking about the operations, the execution, but that bigger picture stuff that that you said. I wish I hadn't known this before I got started or mm. whatever, something like that. Because our audience, you know, they're seasoned entrepreneurs, but they're also new entrepreneurs like yourself. And I consider a startup entrepreneur, somebody who's been in business for five years or less, mm -hmm. as they're learning 
the, yeah. uh, you're in a laboratory, right? You're just trying yeah. to figure this thing out. So can you talk about uh, maybe a couple of lessons that you've learned along the way with your business? Yeah. So one thing I would definitely say, and it, it happened um, recently because I had an event just a few weeks ago and it turned out good, but I did get, you know, some feedback afterwards. And I feel like something that I'm learning is to not like, you know, whenever I'm getting feedback, like take what I can, but like not take it like at heart. Personally? Yeah. yeah yeah because i was obviously like i felt like you know this is like this is like my baby like i of course else you know to work on this <laughs> and then getting feedback it was like <laughs> it was like you know emotional but i was like you know yeah of course it's your baby yeah so i was like no so i'm taking this feedback and you know it's constructive i can take you know, some great information out of it and be able to apply that to my business to improve um, right. versus just seeing it as like, you know, people being nasty type of thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And so. I think that, I think that that's a very positive thing. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I, I get advice all the time and I think the key yeah. is you could just take it as information. You know, your business better than anybody. Mm. And people I always find are great experts in the business of bi doing business yeah. And but they really don't. But it's important you listen to your customer exactly. because you want to get more customers. And exactly. so if you're able to get better because of that customer feedback, then then that's fantastic. So, so that's a great, great first lesson yeah. for, for entrepreneurs. It gets easier, by the way, as you go on. Yeah. You just listen to the AI, I think. But there are some good ideas. And yeah. uh, and and so what's another lesson that you learned along your journey? Um, I would say oh, I had something in mind. Um uh, yeah, a, a second lesson and one that I think I just always keep in the back of my mind, but it's always and I know it's so cliche because everyone say it, but it's always like starting before you're ready because yes. I, never, I never felt and still to this day, I never feel like I'm actually ready to do what I do, but I still feel, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you feel like a bit of an imposter. Yeah, pretty much. No, but really, because I mean, like, especially when it comes because the whole and I know it might change throughout the years because I still have like the bigger picture of what I see for my business. But initially, what my main goal was when I started the farm to table NB was not so much about doing dinners, but I wanted to do cooking classes on farms so that right. we could go gather the ingredients literally from the garden, bring it back to the kitchen and then cook. But it's been obviously much more of a challenge because farms mm. aren't equipped most of the time with those type of setup because yes. they're not really there to do the catering and all that. They're there to do the farming. Right, um, right. So that's been like interesting. So when I started, because again, I really wanted to do the whole farm to table and do stuff on farms. I was like, okay, well, dinners I can probably whip up. Um, maybe at some other time I'll be able to do the cooking classes if I have the proper setup. But when it came to like catering for groups of like 25, 50 people, like I never, I never did that. Like we, yes, we did cooking classes for like up to 10 people, but catering for large groups, like that was never something that I did. So obviously yes. it was quite scary, but I was like, again, I'm not going to stop myself from doing it Good for you figure it out along the way. And, you know, obviously there's, I love it. but it's been really fun to learn and it just makes me really excited 
for the next years to come um you know i guess with that mindset and that attitude like what i'll be able to achieve in my business so love it yeah that's so cool you know you re- you are my friend and entrepreneur hands down high five to you. <laughs> you, you you really are because just those two lessons right there those are big mindset lessons uh yeah. and so many people i think are going to get some great value off of that how have the farmers been to to embrace your ideas how are the, the farmers that you've been connecting with have they've been i've, I've got to think that they've got to be pretty happy with yeah. the whole concept with what you're doing yeah well actually it's really a win-win because when i started talking with farmers about the whole concept of doing like you know um farm to table dinners a lot of them were actually the feedback that they gave me was like we actually really wanted to do that for ourselves but yes the limited amount of time that they have in a day right they got a farm you got a farm and again it's like you know they work especially during like you know the whole season like they work such long hours and at the end of the day they're most of them just don't have the energy to go plan and execute and advertise and do all that stuff to bring people to their farm and like then go and host a dinner so when i contacted them and said like i would like to collaborate maybe we could do this together and most of them are really excited because it's a lot of, of them have that vision for the future as well of making that connection with, um, you know, with people and where the food comes from. So, yeah, I love it. Good. Yeah, you're amazing. You really are amazing, Chanel. You should be very proud of uh, your journey. You should be proud of the people you're impacting. You should be proud of being from Atlanta, Canada. Talk to us about <laughs> that. About uh, being an Atlanta Canadian entrepreneur. Have you uh, have you got any thoughts around? the region that we live in and are fortunate to build businesses in what's your thoughts on the entrepreneurial community uh you mean atlantic canada yeah 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 it's 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 really really great like people are super supportive um you know is and especially i find like people and not just like the other entrepreneurs but just the people from the community and even like smaller community like you know coming from like Capilay and rural Capilay. We, yeah absolutely yeah, like people are so so supportive and you know i <laughs> i had recently <laughs> is that your dog no <laughs> the neighbor's dog <laughs> yeah no and um yeah it's been really um yeah that's awesome really interesting. that's awesome that they're supportive and so it's more than just the entrepreneurs it's the community itself and i know that uh, yeah, uh, it's a consistent message yeah. And uh, I think that that's uh, that's really special. Yeah. How do people find out about uh, Farm to Table MB? What's the best way uh, that they can go to your Instagram? Have you got some uh, some information on that? Uh, I mean, we're yeah. going to put it in the feed anyway, but I want you to say you want to find out. Go here. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, the best way to find about to find out about or, or work currently would be uh, through social media mainly. So on Facebook, okay. it's Farm to Table ND, and it's okay. the same thing over on Instagram. We're really active on both platforms. Um, yes. Instagram being my vice of choice, but yes. <laughs> there's a lot of people that follow um, along on Facebook, but it's uh, Farm Table NB as well on Instagram. Oh, fantastic. And, uh, yeah, that would be the, the best week currently as we work on the rest of this stuff. But yeah. yeah keep your journey going. You mentioned we a few times. Talk about your team. Yeah, you oh. uh, people that work with <laughs> you. 
I don't I don't know I don't I, it's, I think it's force of habit I don't know if I <laughs> I want people to think that I have a team behind of course me, you but... do yeah I know I love this I love this <laughs> but, I, I... It, but it's me <laughs> okay no yeah. that's so cool I am so happy you said that because I tell people when I'm coaching them <clears throat> to do the exact same thing talk about we because when you think about it it is a team it's the farmers it's yeah. you. It's the people who, you know, it's the people who gas up your car, your yeah. truck to get out there. Exactly. All of these people come together and yeah. uh, to make your magic happen. Exactly. And so it, I, I love that you do that. And I know <laughs> when I started in my business many years ago, my first one, I, it was a we also. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> for that purpose, and it gives great credibility. You're yeah. great at what you do, but it just gives that other side. So that, I love that it's natural with you. So, <laughs> yeah. so Chanel, you, you've been awesome to talk to. Oh, We're proud you. of you as an Atlanta Canadian entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur. And uh, I, the, the one thing you talked about, I'm going to close with that, was the passion around bringing people together yeah. around this whole experience. And that, my friend, even though I haven't had the luxury of been, been to a farm to table and be event yet, I'm sure that just keeps showing and showing and showing with the culture that you created. Mm. And that's what keeps you going day after day is because you've got this deep passion. So congratulations on that. You are amazing. Keep doing your great stuff. And uh, we'll look forward to sending this out. Not only, by the way, we're going to send this across Atlantic Canada, we're going to send it across Canada too. So uh, really, really appreciate you being on the Canada's podcast today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chanel Bellavo. She is the CEO and founder of Farming Table NB. I'm Rivers Corbett, Atlantic Canadian host for Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs. See you, everybody.